This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. That one you're dedicated to all the bicycle riders, seen? Bicycle rider, bicycle rider. Bike rider, my other bike rider. Good morning and welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group radio program on 3CR 855 AM and digital. And my name's Chris and today I believe it's the 11th of May and it feels like it out there at the moment with a little bit of drifty, drizzly sort of ninja rain coming over the city and out in the suburbs. But um, thank you to Democracy Now for the last hour or so of current affairs. And yeah, I think I said my name was Chris, didn't I? Yes. Anyway, we're uh, Yarrabug Radio and we're broadcasting from 3CR and we're a community radio station in Melbourne. And this is a program about cycling and related transport issues around Melbourne and elsewhere. And on today's program, uh, we've got a couple of bits and pieces, like um, some interviews that Steve recorded at uh, last weekend's, not this weekend gone, but the previous one the uh, No Bully Tax protest ride on Yarra Boulevard. I've got a bit of audio from uh, local campaigners' drinks, uh, celebratory drinks at the Fox Hotel from Saturday afternoon, which is just up the road on Alexandra Parade. And that was to celebrate uh, the demise of the East-West Link. And um, I've some audio there from Adam Bant, and he's giving a little bit of background history to, uh, if, you know, not all fay with the East West Link, which has been going on for quite a while, and we've got to make sure that the zombie project doesn't pop up again. Uh, we're also going to have uh, a little bit of uh, promotional news from the Blinky Dink Bike Club from the Bicycle Channel, and a word from the one and only uh, Australian cycling in- infrastructure expert Murray Slaw about important news about bicycle infrastructure, especially when it's done Australian style. And um, I hope to have a exclusive. Uh, in-depth interview with Mr Slaw in the next few weeks and uh, see if we can, um, our people talk to their people and we'll get some exclusive uh, branding and content and all that sort of stuff that happens with um, when you talk to big names like um, Murphy Slaw. Anyway, overnight you, um, if, if you're wiping the slip from your eyes and if you're watching the Giro di Gatti, Giro? Italia, I've got that right. Um, you would see that uh, the Australian team, which being Orica Green Edge, is doing quite nicely. Thank you very much. And um, Michael Matthews is overall in pink. Anyway, the audio from Adam Bantz. It was an intro to a whole bunch of other speakers, but this is the first one we're going to play. And it was for an afternoon of celebratory drinks for a whole bunch of people. Um, who have been involved in the local campaigns right across from, you know, Yarra, right across to the, you know, the west in Melbourne, uh, to do with the demise of the East West Link. And um, it's kind of interesting. You sit there having a quiet little drink in the nice windows there on Alexandra Parade and think that back 40 years ago there was uh, barricades built there against the impending... Um, F19, you can go look that up. Um, you can see that actually there was bricklayers actually did a brick in, so there was quite a few courses of bricks across there. But that was in the night, you know, in the 1970s, there was the sign of um, protest there. But it's interesting to look across the thing, and you can, you know, you can watch the uh, protected bike lanes being built that uh, may have not been built if the East West Link had gone ahead and we'd had a almighty trench come urban 
uh, canyon being built through the middle of our much beloved suburbs. Okay, I'll take a break, but I will say when we listen to this audio, my apologies for the audio quality is what I had at the time. It is quite, you can hear what um, Adam Band is saying, but just keep in mind, it's probably not quite broadcast quality, but um, enjoy. I'm so excited, and I just can't hide it. Hey Jodie, I'm so excited, I just can't hide it. Oh, just in the words of the Pointer Sisters, hey? <laughs> Why? What's happening? The new 3CR t-shirts are coming out. We had a competition, Kate Reid won it, and it's so beautiful. It's got roses and a love heart, and then the caption is, resistance is fertile. Oh, too deadly that, eh? So in order to get one, go to the 3CR website and follow the link to shop, and they're $30. $30? Oh, what a bargain. And $25 for kids. You'll be able to secure one for yourself because they're in hot demand. Yay, get one now. everyone and what a good afternoon it is. Um, I want to acknowledge that we are meeting on the lands of the Wurundjeri and pay respect to elders past and present and also acknowledge that we're meeting at a place that might not have been here were it not for the efforts of everyone in this room. Um, it's not that often that the community gets to stop a massive toll road that at a certain point in time had the support of a government, an alternative government, and big business, but we did it. And because we did it, we thought we need to market and celebrate it, because it doesn't happen that often. And I can tell you there are people up in Sydney at the moment who are fighting the WestConnect project up there, who are just piling us with questions and saying, how did you do it? Well, tonight we're going to share a few well, this afternoon we're going to share a few stories about how we did it and hopefully this afternoon uh, it's a bit of an opportunity to catch up with some people that you might not have seen for a while but also to reflect on the fact that this campaign worked because of the breadth and depth of so many people doing so many different things and we're going to hear from, uh, from them during the course of this afternoon but just to remember for a moment, back in 2008, the then Labor government proposed this thing called the East-West Link. And at the time, it was going to be a similarly sized project, but one of the things that was going to happen to it was that we were going to lose JJ Holland Park over in Kensington, because that was going to be taken over for a uh, construction ground for the next five years while they built this monstrosity. And the community campaign started then, and managed to get the then Labor government, who was backing the idea, to sort of put it on ice. And then the thing went to sleep for a little while. And then we had the Liberal Napstein government elected on a platform, um, well, essentially two weeks before the election, they pitched the Green Public Transport Policy and said that if we're elected, we're going to build Doncaster Rail and we're going to have one single public transport authority looking across the whole state to make sure the public transport works. And we're going to invest in more public transport, including an airport rail link, from which we heard nothing until the next election, four years later. And uh, then what did we get from the last Liberal government? All that we got from them was a proposal that they didn't take to the election, that they knew wasn't going to stack up economically, and that they knew was going to wreck communities. We got the proposal for them for the east-west 
tollway. Not only did we get it from them, but we then had the opposition at the time saying, well, look, as long as those guys sign the contracts first, we'll build it. And at no stage in the time that I've been involved, and I think many of you have been involved in that campaign, did it seem, on the one hand, more certain that this thing was going to be built, because you had the government and the alternative government saying, we're both going to build it. But on the other hand, never had there been such a strong and connected community campaign against it. And if there's one thing it did, it brought us all out of the woodwork and joined us all together. And so one of the people that uh, was involved in it, that want to invite up to come and speak first, played a very important role in helping hold up the process legally. And we're going to hear from people who did all sorts of other things uh, and managed to hold it up in other ways, but that court process managed to get a lot of attention from around the state, people realising actually maybe this thing isn't going to deliver the economic benefits that it, uh, that it is going to or said to. And for that, we have Tony Murphy to thank for a lot of life. And that was the uh, like intro by Adam Bant at uh, Saturday's celebratory drinks at the Fox Hotel up on Alexandria Parade. And there was quite a series of speeches given that uh, afternoon and we hope to get most of those up soon, possibly on the YCAT website. We'd, I'll look at Yarra Campaign for Action on Transport on Facebook and we'll be probably cross-posting those a few other places. Okay, and now for a time, ooh, I think we've got a really spe- special little uh, announcement here from Blinky Dink Gloves. Have you noticed how busy the average motorist is these days? There's the kids, the coffee, the radio, air conditioning, the navigation system, and of course, the mobile phone. With so much going on inside, how can you expect them to know what's going on outside? Well, now you can help them by using the new Blinky Dink indicator glove. The new Blinky Dink works just like a car's own indicator lights, but now it's on your bike. Made from the latest synthetic polymers using space-age technology, the Blinky Dink's reflector tech surface reflects brighter than anything. Combining this technology with a foolproof operating system, the Blinky Dink tells drivers exactly what you're doing. Here's how it works. Holding up your hand says, I'm stopping now. Flash Fast says, I'm turning now. Slow Flash says, I'll be turning sometime in the near future. But that's not all. The Blinky Dink is easy to install, easy to use, works in any country, and one size fits all. So if you're a cyclist, get yourself the new Blinky Dink. Oh, get all the f- out of you idiots! And tell drivers exactly what you think. Hi, this is Mitchell from Cut Copy, and you're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio. Subscribe now. Yeah, and that was the all-new Blinky Dink uh, Bike Love, <coughs> brought to you by the Bicycle Channel. And we hope to um, have a talk to Mr Murphy Slaw coming up in the next few weeks. Anyway, up next, we've got a bit of audio from... Uh, this was from the No Bully Tax Ride or Protest Ride that was held up on Yarra Boulevard um, about a week and a bit ago. So, and these interviews was done by Steve, who you would know if you've been listening for a long time, uh, announces and uh, does a fair bit of presentation on the show when he gets time. Okay, we'll just go into the interviews now. (laughs) 
about. Why have you come down to the boulevard today? I live just at Elfington at Coat Avenue and I avoid riding the boulevard and yet I'm a local because of the flats and last night my husband went out and drove home via the boulevard and the street sweeper was out about 9am and I rode here this morning and there was at least a dozen people with flats coming from <laughs> Elfington to here. So whoever it was has been out even last night after the street sweeper. So I feel it's just, I don't know why someone doesn't want to live with other people. Um, well I heard about the uh, tax um, protest and I ride here quite regularly so I thought I'd come down and make a bit of an appearance and make up the numbers so that it demonstrates how many people are actually affected by this issue. What action do you hope will come from today's uh, gathering? Uh, hopefully a little bit more awareness um, in an ideal world that the person doing it will realise how many people he's affecting and change his behaviours, but uh, realistically that may or may not happen, but at least it's a positive exercise towards a good outcome. Thanks very much. I'm here for the same reason everybody else is here. Um, I cannot imagine what twisted psyche has <laughs> allowed somebody to keep doing this for a year and not just inconveniencing people but um, stopping commuters from using this route, stopping people from using it for recreation, getting fit and as I said to somebody the other day, we have a Paralympian gold medalist, Carol Cook, who used to come up here and I haven't seen her anymore, she has to use a trike for her riding, her training, 30% more chance of getting a puncher. She's just not here anymore. So it's the, the effects are really widespread. Well, how amazing is this? Two weeks ago, after hearing of yet another attack attack, I lit a spark. I lit a spark, not knowing if a fire would, would catch. Well today, today I have my answer. That spark has turned into a fire. I'm standing here today in front of a sea of cyclists that have answered the call to support one another and to speak with one voice. A sea of cyclists that has come together to say that a cowardly act will not stop us from doing something that we have every right to do. In February of 2014, tax started appearing on this road. 15 months later, it's still going on. And what's the result? Thousands of punctures, cyclists that are using the traffic lane instead of the shoulder, crashes, injuries, motorists getting punctures, motorcyclists getting punctures, injured children, injured pets, and let's not forget the hundreds of thousands of dollars this is costing the ratepayers of Burundara. If the attack attacks continue, it's only a matter of time before someone is seriously hurt or potentially worse. I've been amazed at the resilience of the cycling community. Amazed to see large numbers of cyclists continue to use this road every single day. So I say to the perpetrator of this cowardly attack, no matter how many more attacks you put on this road, in 15 months' time, in two years' time, and in five years' time, we will still be here. Riding our bikes on this very piece of road.
Because let's be clear, what we have here is a crime. The tax attacks are a crime. And as a citizen of this state, we have a reasonable expectation to see criminals caught and just served. So I want to say to the authorities that have been working with the cycling community to stop the attacks, Thank you. Thank you. Inspector Frost and Sergeant Standish from Victoria Police, Chris Huey and Claire Davey from Burundara Council, you have worked and continue to work to help us and it would be a terrible mistake for us for not to, to not support you as you have supported us. What I want to say to you is that we are here today to let you know that your efforts are not in vain and that we ride this road today as much for you as for us. However, 15 months after the first attacks, as a community, we can no longer accept the status quo. Today, we are asking for the installation of surveillance cameras, which are a proven crime-fighting device. We are seeking, until, until the problem is solved, we are seeking the road to be swept every day. We are asking for increased patrols and finally we are asking for the leaders of Victoria Police, the Council of Burundara, Vic Roads, Parks Victoria to unite in their leadership. These are our demands. That so many of you are here today is not something I could have hoped for two weeks ago. And it is the result of some unexpected support that came from within the community when my first messages went out. John Myers, Director of Public Relations Company MediaWise. Thank you, Ed Hoare. Ed Hoare, Director of, Director of the Australian Cycling Alliance. They've both provided me with invaluable access to the media, enabling news of today's ride to reach you. Marco Lute, I think I've probably said that wrong, Marco, but... <laughs> who upon seeing the No Bully Tax website, took it upon himself to establish a petition that now has 1,700 signatures on it. Well done, Marco. Many others have contributed in important ways. Uh, and uh, and I, I need to mention some of them right here now, if I can. So Lisa Burns and Matt Fletcher from, as directors of Cycling Victoria. Chris Carpenter, general manager of Bicycle Networks. David Potts from the Freedom Machine. Uh, and by the way, his riders will be out on the road. I think they've got some tubes. So if anybody punctures out there today, just look for one of them and they'll give you a hand. <laughs> Andrew Slowman from 99 Bikes, Sean Young from Peak Cycles, Peter Bradley who operates the Bike Cell Road Bike on Facebook, Ernesto Ariagata from St Kilda Cycling Club and my good friends Rich Kemp, Simon Matheson and Locke Tran. There are many more, I can't mention you all here, but I will get around to thanking you all personally later. But most of all, and by far my biggest thanks goes to all of you here today. My cycling brothers and sisters, you are the heroes of today. You have rallied to the call and you are here to say, enough is enough, stop the tax. And that was some uh, interviews and audio that was done by Steve at the No Bully Tax protest ride. And if you want to find out a bit more about that, go to No Bully Tax. That's all one word. dot com. Um, the moves afoot at the moment is to get surveillance cameras up there because this has been going on for 
you said, or 15 months. And it was almost a year to the day since Steve did an interview with Shane Miller on the uh, that we broadcast on the 12th of May 2013, and the same issue is going on. It's not just an um, issue for cyclists and the like. It's also people in the area getting, um, you know, tax and stuff uh, on, the, on, on the paws of their animals when they want to walk through the area. It's just absolutely insane. But actually in the interview you would have heard from Charlie Farron and George Miller-Hardies, who was one of the um, organisers of the ride and locals at the ride. And there's also, if you go to nobullytax.com, you will see that there is a petition and there's been several news articles about it. Anyway, we're just going to take a quick break and we're going to have a word from another sponsor. This program is proudly brought to you by Fizzy That Cola. Fizzy That, it'll make you fat. There's a lot of confusion about what is bicycle infrastructure. Here in Australia, road space is divided into two areas. The road, for motor vehicles, and the footpath. It's over there. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. There. For pedestrians. Where are the bicycles I hear you say? Well, let's just say there are some shambolic and dysfunctional layouts designed to confuse and discourage. For example, this is a shared path for pedestrians and cyclists. The wide path through this park is not, but the adjacent footpath is. This is a protected bike lane, but not for long, at a time when cities like London and New York are making huge mistakes building fancy bicycle lanes, the New South Wales State Government has come to their senses and decided to rip up this green disaster in College Street, Sydney, making the entire road space available for cars. This is a footpath for pedestrians only. Excuse me, this is not a bike path, this is a footpath for pedestrians. But nobody walks around here, they all drive. That's not the issue. How old are you boys? 14. Bump, wrong answer. Cyclists over the age of 12 years are not permitted on the footpath unless they are an adult accompanying a child 12 years or younger. So get those bikes on the road please. But it's a busy road. Bad luck mate, you should know the bloody road rules if you're going to ride a bicycle. Just get your mum to drive you like every other kid your age. Stupid latte sipping, mung bean eating, chardonnay drinking, greeny conservationist, socialist pricks. <laughs> so the lesson is, an ad hoc approach to cycling infrastructure will keep people off their bikes and in their cars. And a road free of bicycles is a road free of problems. Yeah, on your Murray, you're such a champ when it comes to Australian bicycle infrastructure. Anyway, uh, we hope to have the one and only Mr Murray or Mr Murphy Slaw on the program soon. And, um, yeah, if you've been listening to the program, Val uh, interviewed uh, uh, the uh, creator of uh, the Bicycle Channel Oh, probably about 18 months ago, but uh, yeah, it's good to catch up with people. Anyway, up next we're going to have news and events and... Um, Oh, we've got a fair bit of news on, but I just wanted to 
um, touch base with something that was in that uh, little bit on Australian bicycle infrastructure was that uh, another bit of uh, news from up in Sydney is uh, the Daily Telegraph has come out with um, a fact-free uh, article about delays to Clovermore Cycleways Network could trigger cross-city tunnel toll cut. Oh, God. Anyway, it's um, it's, it's worth having a giggle at. Um, the toll on the cross-city uh, tunnel could be maybe slashed to compensate motorists for the chaos caused by the construction of Sydney's 2.1 billion light rail network as Clovermore compounds the problem by building more bike paths. Logic. Okay, a uh, bit of a logic-free zone. We're back in a tick. Hi, this is Katie from Little Birdie and you're listening to 3CR 855 AM. We need your help to support public radio and your local music scene. and events. Anyway, we have, if you've been up on the um, Mary Creek shared path, there's a bit of a closure happening. It's um, between today and 15th of March. Oh, May. That was two months ago. Anyway, there's going to be a bit of work done up there because there's some, um, it's between the Clifton Hill Rail Bridge and uh, Creek Parade, if you're familiar with that area. It's a little bit of a ravine. Anyway, there's going to be a rock fall drape put up there because there's um, been a bit of work done and a little uh, to see that um, some of the rocks there are unstable, so you don't really want that happening. So there's going to be some detours for pedestrians and cyclists, and hopefully they'll be keeping those works between. I'm just having a look here. Hopefully they'll be out of, outside of um, peak hours, but it's worth just going to the um, Yarra Council website to have a look. And also, if you go to yarrabug.org forward slash events, we put, pop stuff up there to do with temporary rail closures and the like and path closures, rail closures. We're not um, Vic, Vic track yet, but anyway. <laughs> um, also, commuter cycles are having a garage sale coming up on Saturday, March the 16th, and they're clearing out some old stock, discontinued and superseded lines, products with damaged packaging or things that are incomplete because, you know, you have swaps and people bring things back and all the rest of it. So anyway, that's going to be at um, commuter cycles. Uh, they're up in Prentice Street in Brunswick. So you go to their site, commutercycles.com.au, and that's on Saturday the 16th. Ah, coming up on the uh, 23rd of May is going to be a cycling and trans uh, cycling and traffic safety public forum that's going to be organised by Moreland City Council and Vic Roads. And um, yeah, 23rd of May, t- uh, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Brunswick Town Hall. And I just suggest if you're going to go along to these things, don't go along just purely to listen. Go along with a plan and make them listen to you and make them stick to it because these things can turn into a talk fest. And I'm telling you, if you want to get something done about Sydney Road and events we've had um, that happened in February with the unfortunate death of um, a cyclist up there with car dooring, turn up and have a plan. Because otherwise they're going to sit there for four hours and just you know, go through the motions and, you know, oh, we've consulted the community. You go there with a plan. Have I made myself clear? Anyway... Also coming up, Wrenchworthy Bicycle Shed is hosting their launch and fundraising tea. And that's coming up on Sunday, May the 24th. And that's going to be at the Hop Community Centre, 659 Plenty Road Reservoir. And that's going to be between 11am and 4pm. And um, 
Come one, come all. We all want to celebrate. All folks are interested in coming out to support our new weekly bicycle workshop for women, non-binary and gender diverse people. And to this event that all people of all genders are invited to join and celebrate this event. So you can go to Facebook and look that up. The Wrenchworthy Bicycle Shed for their launch and fundraising tea party. So that's all we've got time for this week. You can um, listen to our podcast at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast or yarrabug.org forward slash radio. And all us presenters are volunteers and this program and the station rely upon the financial support of our listeners. So if you'd like to subscribe or make a donation, make sure you check out the website, af3cr.org.au and stay tuned now for Dirt Radio. recent devastating earthquake in Nepal has caused a massive loss of life and rendered a large number of people injured and homeless. The Nepalese Earthquake Relief and Welfare Committee is providing vital support to the relief operations in Nepal. They are appealing to all Victorians for support and assistance. You can help by providing financial support, working as a volunteer or by promoting the appeal on social media. For more information, go to 3cr.org.au or check out the Facebook page, Victorians Stand Together for Nepal. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.